You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Faith with Friends podcast. Today is Therapy Thursday, which means I am joined today by Dr. Lydia Martinez, a mental health counselor and Christian therapist. Welcome, Dr. Lydia. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Always, always a pleasure. And I can't wait to get into what we have to talk about today. I'm very excited. How about you? I am excited too. It's so convicting though, I have to tell you. Wow. So we're in the middle of a series called Communication 101. And we are on the speech part. And the Bible has quite a lot to say about our speech. And we all know, if you know the word, the Bible tells us that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you have in your heart, that's what comes out of your mouth. And so we did a podcast a few episodes ago about checking your heart and aligning your heart with God's heart. And today we're just going to talk a little bit more about that. And we talked last time, Dr. Lydia, about going to God and talking to Him, meditating on His Word, making sure that our heart is in a good, healthy place to then be able to show that love and use our words as the Bible tells us, to tell the truth in love and also that our words would be seasoned with salt. It's interesting because salt used the right way mm, makes the food perfect. But if I take that salt and I put too much of it, it's too salty. And if you don't put enough, it's just bland. But what if I take that same salt and I rub it in a wound? Ooh, That's very not painful. good. <laughs> yeah. So there's so much to be said about our speech and how to do it, speech and how to communicate in a way that brings grace to those around us. Oh, that's beautifully said. Wow. You, you just got the words today, Lisa. Well, that's God's word, not my words. Uh Well, uh, you're obviously listening to him and being obedient because it's working. Um, so grace, I always have to stop. I, I'm not like one of those believers that grew up believing and, you know, just had it running through my veins. I, I'm like one of those, no matter how long I've been in, 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 in love with Christ, and no matter how long I've had Christ in my heart, I always need to go back to those simple definitions. So when I hear the word grace, I always think, I always put in there the definition, undeserved forgiveness. Okay, so when you say that we have to live our lives like that, I think it's very important with a lot of undeserved forgiveness, right? How many times do people talk to us and say things that just sort of fall out of their mouths that are not kind or they have no filter or their heart is in a good, isn't in a good place? Or here's another one that maybe we can all relate to. Maybe they're grieving. Maybe they're going through something bad. Maybe we just don't know about it. So the way that they're acting and talking is reflecting of it, but they haven't told us, you know, so gosh, it just, when you're on the receiving end of that, it it doesn't feel very good. So it's important to have that, that undeserved grace. We should always kind of walk around with, with a a good portion of that. We just don't know what people are going through when they're talking to us. And some of the verses that come to my mind are that we should be slow to speak quick to hear and slow to speak. And also Proverbs 13, three, that tells us 
Whoever puts a guard, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, but who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. What? Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, only such as is good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Wow. Yeah, translate that for us into... Basically, your words should be appropriate, they should be honest, and they should be used to build the person up. Right. And let me tell you, I'm very convicted by that. Because okay, why? I'm why? a critical person. I can point out, especially people that live in my home, I can point out what they're doing wrong all the time because I want the best for them. And I can have the best motives, but, you know, that constant. What is that? I, I believe you have to say like six good things to balance oh, five. out. Five good it's, things to balance the one bad thing that you said, bad or critical. But there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right way to say something that will encourage somebody. And let me just say this. As women, we are called to be encouragers of our home. Not everybody has the gift of encouragement, but everybody is called to encourage others, especially women as, as the mothers and wives in our homes, mm -hmm. even if you're single. Yeah, you should start cultivating that gift now because it becomes easy when you're married to only tell your husband what he's doing wrong. So I have a challenge for our listeners. <laughs> that is so normal. That is so normal. Yes. I have to tell you that it's very normal. <laughs> for the next seven days, I want you to put a reminder on your phone every morning. Tell, tell Siri, remind me every day this week at nine o'clock in the morning, not to be critical, but to encourage. Ooh. What if mm -hmm. we woke up in the morning and before whoever you're speaking to in your life, whoever it is, your spouse, your friend, your boss, find one encouraging thing you can say and overlook one negative thing every day. I have a way for you to do that right off the bat. If you can't oh. even think of something encouraging, because I've been there before and uh, that's tough, especially when you are filled with anger or you've been wronged so much. Like, wow, really? You're telling these people who are very angry to be like, yeah, be encouraging. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They probably have a few words for us, mm -hmm. okay? but I tell you what's a good place to start is with the word. Thank you. Start with gratitude. Yes. I'm going to tell you why. You know, you may be in a relationship where you're thinking this other person in my relationship is not doing A, B, C, D, E, F, and on and on and on. But in their eyes, they may be saying, I'm doing, you know, uh, these other things that may not be what you're asking me to do. And I'm not getting any appreciation for what I am doing. And I think sometimes the word thank you, and, and not a sarcastic thank you, not a, um, I mean, it has to be genuine. You have right, to, not shallow. Mm -hmm. yeah, not shallow. That's right. Not shallow. It has to be genuine. Okay. Like your, everything has to match. That's what genuine means that your body language, your tone, you really have to be thankful. Okay. When that word falls out of your mouth, like it has to be intentional. It can't be falling out. It has to be intentionally sought out that's why i'm spending a lot of time talking about just saying thank you yeah uh, I, I think you say thank you and it automatically makes the other person get less defensive it makes the other person really uh soften their heart toward you so 
I mean, if you can start with at least thank you and then be a little quiet, let it process, let it sit, let it simmer, let it bake a little bit, yes. then you're definitely going to have a different start to the conversation. You got to keep that attitude of gratitude up. And yes, it is five to one by Dr. John Gottman. Okay. If you want to look it up yourself, man, he is good. He's good about relationships and he's got like a plethora of information for communicating well. And really you, if you want to respect uh, your partner or your boss or just a loved one, a family member, a friend, start with, thank you. Start with that plain old, thank you. That goes so far. And you're right, Lisa, in the Bible, encouragement is a gift, is one of the gifts. Not everybody is, is gifted with that gift. So we, we do have some, for some people, it's very hard to, to encourage. And other people, it just, you know, it just comes out like a, with a birthday present and a big bow on the top, you know, and other people, it's like, hmm, okay, uh, thank you is about all they got. Right. Okay. Thank you. And then followed by silence, you know, to let it, let it simmer. And even thinking along those lines of gratitude, try to catch the people around you doing things right. Instead of complaining about what they're doing wrong, just for a few, a few times, find them doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. Oh my gosh, you came early today. I love it when you come home early. Goes a lot further than you're always late. Or mm -hmm. somebody who's not naturally affectionate and they're holding your hand. I love it when you hold my hand. Mm -hmm. Asking for things in that sense, in that way, instead of the negative, you never do this. Da, da, da. Let's, let's change the way we do things. And when your loved one is leaving the house in the morning, a word of encouragement, you're going to have a great day. God is with you. How about this? How about memorizing a Bible verse and when they're walking out the door telling them, go and be the light. You're the light of the world. Go be the light. God is with you. Don't be afraid. Encouraging, because I can encourage you, your hair looks great today, but what does that do when you walk away? I want to encourage your spirit. I want to encourage your soul. I want you to remember God and think about the things of God as you're leaving the house. Because when we think of the things of God, it changes our hearts which changes our day, which changes our lives, because now we're focused on Christ and what he's doing in us and not on ourselves and everything that's wrong with our day. Right. And I think uh, a couple of things about that, you know, nonverbal cues are very important. So if you are struggling with being encouraging, you don't know how to talk about God, you don't know how to like say that in your words, sometimes just putting your hand on someone's back and just rubbing their back a little bit or putting your hand on someone's hand, you know, just looking at them in silence, you know, that, that goes a long way, you know, just a, a nice a hug. If you can't hug them, at least hold their hand. Those nonverbal cues are very important. Making eye contact, nodding, enjoying them, letting them talk and you listening. Well, that's a big one. Okay. You think that it is no energy to listen, but it is a lot of energy to listen. A lot of energy to have you be quiet and listen and just let people vent. That's important. So there's lots of things that you can do kind of um, kind of in the back door way, you know, to help people feel encouraged and bringing God into conversations. I know that we've been talking about uh, sometimes you don't have to mention his name. Okay. 
God's characters are the fruits of the Spirit. Kind, patience, gentle. You can show God through those fruits of the Spirit. I think that's very important, being patient. All the while, you can be talking to someone or listening to someone, and you can be praying for them on the inside. Yes. You know, it, it reminds me of this verse. In First Chronicles, it says that Jabez cried out to God, and this was his prayer, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, that I would be free from pain. But in another translation, it says that I would not cause pain. So if you're a person that knows that your communication is unhealthy, whether directly talking to somebody, whether talking about somebody, that's a great place to start. Lord, help me. Give me self-control. Help me that my words would edify and build up and not tear down. Help me, Lord. Convict me and show me where I need to grow in that area. I know that God has grown me and I still have, of course, you know, he's not done with me yet. I'm an active participant and actively growing, but that's a prayer that we can all sit with God and talk to him. God, take away this critical spirit. Take away my critical words and help my words to be honest and truthful and let them be found full of grace at the appropriate time used to build up and edify others. That's a beautiful prayer. And imagine if we all started our conversations, our days like that, when there has to be a hard conversation, Lord, please let my words fall in a place of a soft heart and let my words be tender and true and loving to the people around me. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that is beautiful, you know, um, and I keep thinking about grace. I keep thinking about how when we talk to God, he allows us to, he meets us where we are. He allows us to say whatever we need to say so that then we can clear the air. And then he speaks to us and we listen. And then we, it's our choice whether we're going to follow through with whatever we hear from him. Even if we hear silence, that might mean for us not to act. But I, I do think it's important to have grace for ourselves also. Sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes we are going through things ourselves. Sometimes we're distracted. Sometimes we, we have to deal with our own feelings as well. And I think it's important that we, um, if we communicate something, just like thank you is very important in a, a, to start encouraging other people. I think we also have to say another two words, really it's three words. I am sorry. Yes. I think that one is, woohoo, that one's hard, right? That one's very I'm hard. I'm sorry, I was wrong. These are three words. There's a multitude of them that you can use. That would always set the right tone, right? I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I was wrong. I didn't mm-hmm. intend, you know, just coming in a place of love. And also, it's interesting because Proverbs 15 says that a gentle word or answer turns away wrath but a harsh word will stir up anger and then in psalm 15 that's proverbs 15 but then in psalm 15 it says verse 2 it says he who walks in integrity and works righteousness does what is righteous and speaks the truth from their heart who does not slander or do wrong to their neighbor but honors those who fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know what I heard? 
I heard the word integrity and it made me want to slow down and talk about that word for a second. Yes. Um, my kids did a training one day. I was so impressed because the definition of integrity for my kids was doing the right thing even when no one else is around. And I thought, wow, what a nice way to explain integrity. So really, it's about checking your heart, doing the right thing, even when no one else is around. And it's just you and God. That's when you go to him and you can be genuine. And if you have to apologize to God or you have to repent, you have to whatever it is that you need to do to get your heart right so that you can face another person to get your relationship right. Take ownership for what is what is yours. You know, what contribution did you make? And it's normal. Okay. I want everyone out there to realize that it's normal to make mistakes. It's normal to say things without a filter. It's normal to say things that are not nice and not encouraging. Okay. Normal with a capital N, normal. Okay. Uh, all it means is you're human. Yeah. Welcome to the human race. Okay. It just means that, okay, now you have to have wisdom and discernment. Now you have to know where to, what to do to soften that relationship, to communicate that you're normal and that you made a mistake and that you may not even be able to promise that it won't happen again, but um, you care enough to come back and say, you're sorry. You care enough to come back and you, you have enough respect for that relationship to be able to admit your own up to what is yours. But when you're sincere and you really want to, you really want to grow in that area and you want to change. And I think it's so important when we're talking about communication in your speech is being willing and able to humble yourself and not be defensive, not defend yourself. When somebody is confronting you, just slow down a minute and think, is any part of what they're saying true? And if it is, can I confess it? Can I admit it? Because being defense, it's hard when you made a mistake, you don't want to talk about it. You want to move on. Right. And I hope you don't do it again, but being honest and hearing the person's heart and not being willing to defend yourself, but to instead use your words to take responsibility and to express regret because we all have people in our lives that we can do that with. And I'll run and say, oh, I wish you wouldn't have done this. I wish you wouldn't have said this. And they'll immediately say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And we all have people that we know if we talk to them, they're going to explode. They're going to become defensive. They're going to point the fingers. Guess which ones we create the deepest and best relationships with? Which ones? The ones that are willing to admit when they're wrong and also willing to call you out. Mm -hmm. Like it can't be a one-way relationship. I have to be able to go to you and say, Dr. Lydia, I didn't like this. I'm hurt. And you say, I'm sorry. And then next time you say, you know, Lisa, I heard you do this, or I saw you do this. I don't think that that represents your heart. And then me being willing to hear you out and know, okay, this is not a one-sided thing. We're to, my best friends, my go-to best friends that I share the most with are the ones that will say, mm -mm, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. You should have never said that you need to revisit or you need to not do that again because I know they're safe. I'm safe with them. They're not the ones that maybe I made a mistake in saying something and then it's being repeated to five other people and not coming back to me saying, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. I want to be safe and I want to be that safe place for others. And that safety is created because you, you like that person 
And that safety is created because there's something in that relationship that draws you to that person, okay? That you're attracted to that relationship. You're attracted to keep that friendship because it you like it for whatever the blink blink is. Usually okay? in my life, it's because they speak the truth in love. And they help you. They help you grow. Right. So, so quality relationships is probably the thing that we should talk about in the next podcast. I think we should talk about how to pick quality relationships, how to see red flags when they come up, you know, go, oh, 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 um, how to recognize those flags early on so that you don't get so deep into the relationship that you're going, oh, well, I'm going to let that one go. Oh, well, you know, but he's so cute or, oh, uh, I really like her. Yeah. Know, so I think it's really important to develop that wisdom and discernment and how to pick relationships. So knowing the difference in, in the quality of relationships is very important. Thank you, Dr. Lydia. I think today looking at these verses and talking about how we can and remember what your challenge is this week. Try to go seven days, right? Let, let's start a journal. Grab a piece of paper, put the reminder on your phone. And at the end of the day, Write down, what negative things did I say? Can I go 24 hours without saying something negative or critical? Can I go 24 hours without complaining? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, we're so glad that you listened and we hope that you are going to be challenged this week. We hope that you're going to dig in and use your words to build us others up and not tear them down. And use your words to spread the gospel. Use your words to speak the love of God, and tell what God is doing in your life to others. Dr. Lydia, would you close us in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for everything that you do to take care of us and to open our eyes and keep us close. I pray for protection, for wisdom, for guidance. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be speaking to those who are listening, that you would guide them in making good decisions, and, and that you would soften everybody's heart to come to you, to be able to thank those around them, to be able to say sorry to those that they've hurt, and to be able to encourage those around them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. And friend, if you don't follow us on social media, then I invite you to go to Instagram, faithwithfriends underscore podcast, and join our circle. Until next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?